You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. L.A. Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of L.A. Street Art Gallery, James Chen of What's up, bro? Paint the Town Podcast, episode 132. Oh, man, I'm so happy to see you and talk to you because so much shit has happened since last week. Like, feel a little pent up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the thing is, like, last week when we were, like, having the show, it was Tuesday night, right? And it was basically before we really, really understood, like, what the fuck. Magnitude. (laughs) Yeah, what the the fuck. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? The the magnitude, you, you know? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, it's not funny dude, to be I, honest, but I'm just laughing because of uh, I was, I was watching it unfold. And, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I thought for sure that, um, you know, when they're sitting there pushing at the, the barriers and stuff like that, you had these officers up on the, on the back up on the steps and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, you know what? I don't think those guys want to make it past uh, those barriers, man. They get past those barriers. They're probably going to get hit with some, you know, some rubber plugs, you know. Um, and uh, next thing you know, it's like, oh, well, there's so much for that. Well, I, I doubt they're going to get inside the actual building. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really. Oh, wow. I guess they're <laughs> yeah. in the building now. Hmm. Wow. What's going to happen now? Hmm. Okay. I mean, uh, it doesn't surprise me. You know, uh, it really doesn't surprise me that uh, that it happened. Um, it was just surprising. As it was happening, as it was going along, because um, I guess I, I thought that, you know, they wouldn't go that far. You know, they would go down there and do something, you know, to scare them and do something like that, you know. But, um, you know, that that just qualified uh, dude for, you know, and I've been doing the best I can not to talk about politics and stuff, dude. But you got to get this guy out of there now. I mean, it's you know freezing, I mean? man. <clears throat> it's freezing, dude. I think when, when, you, when you tell a <laughs> He's only there a couple more days. I don't care. That's a couple of days too long. You know what I mean? Like, um, I mean, hey, you're you're on Mitch McConnell and uh, uh, Lindsey Graham all agree with you now. You, you know what I mean? They're like, I know that's yeah. the craziest Everyone thing. It's gotten Everyone's to the like, point. Ooh, whoa, I didn't know it was going to go down like that. <clears throat> oh, I mean, come I, on. <laughs> come the guy's on. been you inciting were... violence for. You know what this reminded me of, though, man. Um, your wife's German. You know, you know. It reminded me of in 1923, like Hitler, he, they marched on the fucking capital of Berlin and then it was a failed coup actually. And that's what got Hitler thrown in jail. And then basically in jail, he wrote Mein Kampf and then he came up as the chancellor. So I'm just saying guys, this shit is not over. Like, no, you, no, you know this what I mean? could this be is, just the beginning. This was yes, a taste for him. said this it was like just the beginning. drug taste for him. And, and we gotta be really, really fucking careful and make sure that it isn't possible to let this happen again. He said um, it was just the beginning, man. You know, he said we love I gotta you. I got to admit, though, that the one thing that did give me chills about the whole experience was uh, watching that clip by uh, um, uh, Arnold um, Schwarzenegger. Oh. <laughs> just, you know, this reminds me of a time that's very, makes me very angry, you know, but you have to understand, you know, in order this? for steel to get strong, it has to be beaten and brought through the frames of a head, you know. <laughs> but then it makes a strong steel, you know. This is the sword of Conan the Barbarian. You, 
a democracy like ours. I don't know. My Russian accent's fucking horrible, man. But get to the chopper. <laughs> I'm trying to. No, man, but that did give me some goosebumps. I was like, man, he's right, dude. You know, this is. If you want to be no, great, you got to be able to. You do you know, remember when everybody hated shit. Arnold? Hated Arnold for a second, and then he got out of office, and then he signed weed <laughs> into it being legal. That was when I knew he knew he was like a true homie, man. I was like, dude, on his way out, <laughs> he's like, he made like weed like a seventy-five dollar. He still got some crazy ticket. ideals, though, man. That I, I don't know a whole lot about everything he, he you know, is is in favor of or whatever. But um, he has become a lot more uh, likable. <laughs> I'll, I'll give him that. Um, I mean, especially he, with that with that video, that was that was uh, that was good. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's just uh, it's real troublesome right now, man, and. Um, I don't know. I, I, to be honest, I, I'm very, very happy we have our, um, our special guest today. I actually see him in the waiting room. Um, awesome. Bring him on in, man. It's an honor yeah. to have this dude on. Exactly. This guy is Corbin Lundborg. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, but I wanted to wait for us to uh, have the chance to talk to him before because this guy is basically an artist, but he also he serves in the military. He's a badass artist. <laughs> I, to be honest, I mean, like, he kind of remind. I mean, he kind of reminded me of you, Teach. You know, he's like a painter. No, no, no also- this guy is like ten times more badass than. than <laughs> like, sure, no, but, no, but I'm, I'm not gonna saying- jump out of airplanes, bro. I'm, I'm too. <laughs> like, the time that I would have jumped out of airplanes has come and gone. No. Well, fuck, dude. I'm gonna let him in. All right, let's go. Uh, one second. Put on your red shoes and dance the blues. Welcome, Corbin. You hear us okay? Hey, what's up, James? Hey, what's up, man? Good, good to hear you. Good to see you, man. Thanks for joining us today. First of all, it's an honor to have you on. I don't care what your religion, what your political beliefs are and everything, serving this country. Um, My family is uh, military, so you got the utmost respect from me, my man. Thanks, teacher. Hell yeah, man. And, you know, honestly, I felt like... It was just like, uh, I don't know whether it's just coincidence or just the right, everything's coming right together that we have somebody with your background <laughs> have it in our first episode since everything's happened, man. So, I mean, before we get not into everything, everything, dude, this is just a little, you know, it's just a capital thing, you know, it's not the whole <laughs> country yet. I guess sometime in the next few days, it's supposed to happen at all the capitals and everything, but um, yeah, we what's plan- your take on- We've been planning uh, this for a while, though. That's what I'm saying. It wasn't like, hey, like- um, stuff happened in the Capitol, and we're gonna we're gonna get Corbin on. You know what I mean? It was like, hey, we had this on the calendar since two. You know what? No, I recognize him, dude. He was one of the guys in there. That's up, man. This guy's a hero, man. Okay, that's messed up. You can't. But anyways, all right, let's get to it. Uh, so basically, it's like, hey, um, Corbin, where originally? Where are you from originally? I was raised up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Oh, dude, yeah. So he's this guy is just badass from the beginning. Anyone that can survive the the winters up there is uh is already like you know way way above a lot of people i'm mean, growing up in florida i'm a <laughs> i'm like it's cold in florida when it's 60 fuck that <laughs> so you were you were you were raised there how old were you uh like you know how old were you till you finally moved out basically yeah i think you're giving me too much credit i uh, signed up to get out of there right at 17. dude 17 years that's enough to make a badass <laughs> when you say Plenty. signed up you mean yeah, I enlisted at 17, basically to, to get out of Minnesota and explore the world. Nice, nice, nice. So let me ask you, like, 
a lot of your friends from high school in Minnesota, I mean, were they like just like very content with kind of like uh, the Midwest, don't you know, kind of thing going on, right? Or was it, is that kind of how you saw Dude, are you it? making fun of him? Don't you know? What the fuck is that? <laughs> Well, obviously, he's a little bit different from the rest of the people in that area, you know. I visited time, very nice people, you know, but I'm just curious, like... How many of your friends took off like you did? I would say a good chunk. Mm. Good. Okay. That's okay. good to hear, man. Yeah, I think uh, the military got a good few of us. A few other took off on train hopping adventures, and some others uh, wound up in prison or dead, but mm. either way, right. not too many friends up there anymore. That's very interesting. Well, I, I, just, I, I still have quite, I have friends there, but a good amount of the core group of friends are all doing stuff around the world now. How often do you go nice. back? I'm just curious. <clears throat> like, are your parents there or anything? Yeah, I have three three siblings there still and my parents. So usually once a year, I try to head home. Okay, okay. okay. Nice, nice. That's always, you look that's younger all... than I thought you were. How old are you? Just so our viewers have an idea. Uh, 29 now. Okay. Wow. Dude, how can you have gone through what you've been through and still look so young at 29? Son of a bitch, man. For the people uh, listening, man, he's got a healthy beard going on. You know, I have some beard envy, man. So, uh, you know, but anyway. Well manicured. <laughs> look, guy looks great. great. I'm not usually, not usually wearing facial hair, but circumstances with COVID, have, I haven't been in uniform very often. For sure. When, when was the last time you were in uniform in, uh, in duty? Or on I duty, would, I'm sorry. I would, well... Um, first answer, I was in uniform about a month ago. I was shooting a documentary about the first, uh, one of the first female pilots in the Air Force. And we were shooting that locally here in Georgia. So I was in uniform for that. But I've actually been on orders with the military. I work full time for them right now from home. But I'm not in uniform. So I'm not shaving. Wow. Oh, wow. Pretty okay, good deal. Okay. It's full active duty military benefits. And I'm making art from home for them. Nice. Good. Good. Nice, man. man. I'm glad, man. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, they've got plenty of money and it's good that it goes to someone like you man so that is not only you know working for them but doing some artwork as well now, um, now when did I, that start when did the yeah. artwork i'm sorry james go ahead i keep cutting no, i'm just off. wondering i could before because we're gonna get into this whole like military american hero uh art thing that i that this is what, what i what i'm seeing right now you know but i, I kind of want to know a little bit about before all that you know like in high school were you already into art like what, what were you into before uh you, you know you entered the mil enlisted basically yeah, that's a good question. Um, my, my dad's a, my dad's a creative, a good artist. Uh, I don't think he does much anymore on the drawing side, but I grew up with a pencil in hand. I was always uh, in the coloring books or making stuff out of something. And that led into a pretty early graffiti career. I started oh. writing on walls when I was probably thir 13, I think, is when I snatched my first spray can and started writing around town. I love it, man, because you are like breaking so many fucking stereotypes right now. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's not very common. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, a, man. Uh, so, an active guy that is uh, that can bust out some graffiti. I know there are some. There, are, you know, maybe hey, quite Kil a few, but I'm honored Kilroy to uh, here, have man. one of here. What's that? No, I said Kilroy was here, man. One of the original <laughs> uh, images of graffiti was actually a wartime graffiti, right? What about Foo? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Foo was actually. You know about Foo, actually? uh corbin okay so basically i'm gonna show the audience basically i didn't either uh so kilroy kilroy was one of the uh stated as was one of the earliest actually known graffiti actually and this was during the war time uh, uh soldiers would actually carve this into world war ii 
into the into the uh, uh, the trenches and things like that. Uh, okay. I'm familiar with this. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently they got this from Kilroy from Foo. There you are. From Foo was here, which was actually Australian in earlier on. Uh, okay. you, you know, it was one of the influences too. So I don't know. Australian? Yeah, it was it was from Australia, basically. You know, they 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 some of the uh, uh, soldiers would carve this into the <laughs> into the uh, the trenches. But anyways, we we kind of digress, man. So I'm sorry. So now, what was it that got you into graffiti, man? Were you into like hip hop or like did you see some graffiti that was cool, and then you got into it at 13? I mean, what was it? What was the first thing you wrote with the spray can? Yeah, it uh, it stemmed out of the skate park culture. So I lived across mm, the street okay. from a skate park. I had. Um, real relaxed parents so they basically sent me sent me out to the park until it got dark and uh, hung out with all the older kids there and they all had uh you know names and tags all over their uh skate decks and then that led me to michael's to go get some paint markers and i started scribbling and then spray cans and then it was another nice so your parents aren't any military affiliated or anything like no, that right? no i was first in family to join Interesting, because, you know, obviously a lot of people, it's kind of like a family tradition. So, dude, that's, again, you're breaking stereotypes, man. This, this is crazy, man. What did, how did your, uh, you said your dad was, uh, was uh, into the arts. How did your parents feel about you getting into the, the armed forces, you know, the militaries? I, I, I would say they were pretty supportive. I, I joined at 17, so they had to sign the kind of permission waiver. And, uh, you know, it was, I joined in 2009, so the recession was kind of hitting our family didn't have a lot for college money. I wasn't much of a student, so it just kind of yeah, made that's sense. smart. Smart, man. Awesome, man. Where did you go first? So I, I joined active duty Air Force, and I took off to Seoul, South smart. Korea. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. Yeah. A lot of military. That's Seoul, Seoul, South Korea. Oh, my God, man. Yeah. Was that Ooh, your first time was... out of the country? It yeah. Was. Yeah, that, that's why I joined. Um, I didn't really have any intentions other than to um i just wanted to go as far away as i could and see some new stuff so <laughs> target I got, I got what i asked for you're tired of target basically. mission accomplished <laughs> yeah. okay anyways yeah awesome man so uh okay so now we're kind of getting to uh once you joined the military man was it like uh what, what kind of experience was it enlisting man like uh you know were you with friends were you uh, uh just kind of accomplishing the solo like Tell us a little bit about that time. Yeah, I went, I went solo. Like I said, quite a few, most of the kids I hung out with in high school were, uh, old, were older than me. So I, a few friends went to the Marine Corps, I think. And then, yeah, everyone went their own way. And by the time I graduated high school, um, I just kind of took off on my own. Okay. Uh, real quick, because I don't think uh, we answered this question. Uh, what did you tag first uh, when you kind of first started? Oh, my first, my first name... I mean, on the skate on the skateboards, I def I think I just started writing my actual name to begin with. Cool. I mean, yeah, you have you have you, know, oh, you do have like, a cool, cool name. It's not like you have a name like John. You you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's unique. I, yeah, definitely. You know, like any thirteen-year-old, I think I, I pro every week it probably changed. I probably wrote all the stupid tag names that I stole from graffiti books. <laughs> cool, man. Okay, so okay, just so practicing and sampling. That's all it is. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. Hey, yeah. again, man. I mean, uh, you know, joined the military, went to Korea, man. And uh, what, what, what um, division of the military were you in? Well, he's yeah. in the Air Force. What, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. what like, in the Air Force did you yeah, do? That's what I meant, yeah. Yeah, so I, had, I, had, I knew nothing about the military when I joined. I guess we were coming off 
about you know eight years of some rough times in the Middle East. So my view of the military, you know, was I figured I was going to war or something. I, I didn't know. <laughs> Did you like watch chance of it? Had you watched any military movies that no, you I, I, I really I really didn't know a whole lot. Okay. Um, I, I did like military movies and I grew up, you know, turning sticks into swords and sure. Pointing, you know, every, you know, L-shaped stick is a pistol and stuff like a lot of little kids do. Sure, sure, sure. But no, I I, I wasn't a, a big military buff or I didn't know really anything when I joined. That's I, to answer your question, I ended up going logistics. And Smart. It was for that reason. I, if I knew what I was doing, I'd, I, I probably wouldn't have. It's about as far as far away from creativity as you can get. I was counting, you know, aircraft screws, inventorying, running checklists, moving boxes from shelf to shelf. Hey, man! At the end of the day, it's one of the biggest functions of uh, of the military. But hey, you know what? I People guarantee understand. this: it's a hell of a lot better and safer and smarter to be doing that than to be in the army or in the Marines. Uh, you know, your, your life expectancy for uh, certain positions, you know, is crazy short. Um, so uh, that's, that's very smart of you to go into logistics, dude. Hey man, and also logistics wins wars, man. If it wasn't for World War II, the logistics basically getting all the materials from the US all the way to the allies, man, I mean, <clears throat> Of course, everybody was brave, too, and everything like that. But it's a team effort. But everybody always says that logistics wins wars, man. So you have my respect, definitely, man. And, uh, you know, again, we thank you for your service, definitely. Yeah. How long, were you in, uh, how long were you in South Korea? I did. That's a one-year tour for the Air Force, typically. They call it a short tour. And after you do a year there, you get kind of a preference on your next base. So I chose to go to Italy. Mm, I spent okay. three years out in northern Italy, where I was – living a very non-military life. Um, I was tat, uh, tattooing almost a couple of times a week, probably out of the dorms. Then I was snowboarding on the weekends and then traveling, going to the skate park, you know, skating through Berlin. Tattooing, did you say so. tattooing? Yeah, so um, the backtrack. How did that stuff. happen? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. I got to South Korea. I was, you know, just turned 18 and I had an interest in the arts from high school and uh, a local, a kid that lived in the dorms with me said he would take me up to the tattoo shop to introduce me to the, to the, uh, to the crew up there. And I brought a little sketchbook with me, showed it to the owner. And he's actually from K-Town in LA. He's half, half Korean. Well, he's, he's Korean, uh, first generation, um, Korean American. So he was fluent in both Korean and English, and he ran the shop. He gave me an apprenticeship up there, so I learned to tattoo my first year in Korea. Oh wow! Okay. Nice. Okay. Well, I can tell you, uh, Corbin is an excellent uh, drawer. I've I've seen some of his work on his uh, Instagram page. We're gonna pull some up later on too. Yeah. Uh, just some of the, the the drawings, the stippling, and everything. Um, yeah, dude is uh, in tune to it. So um, please go ahead. I appreciate it. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about, so when you moved over from Korea to Italy, now, uh, you, you know. No, the tattooing, you... yeah, how did that, okay, so then you started doing the apprenticeship at the tattoo shop. Was that, was that in South Korea? Yeah, that, that was up in Seoul. That was a, pretty much a weekend gig, or anytime I had a holiday or a long weekend, I would go, now, go up to Seoul and. Uh, I'm curious. 
Koreans, they're a very conservative culture, man. Yeah. And now what kind of characters were walking into the, the soul tattoo shops? Were these foreigners or were these yeah. like I would uh, say like <laughs> probably ninety-five percent expats, maybe a hundred percent. Maybe maybe uh two percent Yakuza guys that were visiting. Yeah, English <laughs> no, they would... other, uh English teachers and then uh a few times some different celebrity, uh well, I guess Korean type celebrities, K pop people, but mm -hmm. a lot of them were actually of uh a few one guy I remember was a he was from Seattle, he was American descent, but he was a Korean American again. Yeah, I see, I see. Famous over there and I think spent more time in Korea. Yeah. Oh, they gotta, you know, nowadays, if you want to be like a Asian guy and make it in the music scene, I'm learning that it's easier to be an import. You pretend you're actually from somewhere else and then that you're, <laughs> you're like an import product and actually you're actually, there. it works. Much I more mean, interesting <clears throat> that way. Marketable. Yeah, exactly. You know, they, I hung out, with a, hung out with a lot of rappers out there. Most of them were hmm. school teachers to begin and they had these like, you know, pop in rap careers in Korea, but they're probably nobody's, you know, anywhere else in the world. Like a Keith Ape or somebody like that? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, mean, I shouldn't say nobody, but they were definitely a lot more popular in, in Korea than they were <clears> in the You'd be surprised though, man, these kids, like, uh, um, they, they, dude, man, I, I talked to some like Zoomers, I, I call them, you know, in the 18, 19 year old range. I mean, they, they straight up, they know Korean rappers, I mean, like, you know, and they'll show me some cool stuff, yeah. man. And, uh, you know, because Korean's phonetic, like you can actually spell it out <clears throat> like English. It's not too hard to learn, <laughs> actually. You can, because it's like English. Once you know the pronunciation of the different <clears throat> characters, you can just pretty much sound it out, you know. Chinese. Uh, Make it sound so simple. Yeah. yeah. You try being 50 and doing it, okay? Yeah. Well, I'm just saying Chinese is like totally different. <laughs> it's like, hey, man, this... Corey, what kind of uh, music did you uh, listen to when you were like growing up and then going into South Korea? South, <coughs> South Korea. Growing up, I was a pretty pretty hip hop purist. Um, Are you an atmosphere fan? Yeah. Hell uh, yeah, Minnesota my, man. Rhyme Sayers, you know, was a big influence <laughs> on growing up. I grew Dude. up there in the city, so. Me too, man. Me too, man. Even for me, growing up in California, to me, Rhyme Sayers and Atmosphere yeah. and these guys—they <clears throat> were my heroes because. I knew about them without getting any radio play. You know what I mean? It was like literally all word of mouth passed around. Hey, you got to check these guys out. It's super dope. You know what I mean? And like kids would just drive like crazy far to go to these concerts, man. And they would drive crazy far just to do concerts, you know? So like that whole like underground rap scene as the rap was becoming more about bitches and hoes, partying in the club, like, you know, all this kind of stuff like that. It just like, you know, it appealed to me so much, man. And uh, now and nowadays, I don't know. I mean, those guys are still doing their thing. But I think like the whole uh, just like rhyming and being an MC has like just completely changed now. All these guys like to sing with uh, auto tune and things like that. It's kind of a different art. Or would you say so? Yeah, it's, it's a different community. I mean, I'm not that old, I guess. But when I was growing up, it was a little bit more of the four elements of hip hop. And, mm. you know, I was tell the audience what you mean by that, because uh, some people may not know we have a pretty wide, diverse audience. What are the four elements? So you have um, you have emceeing, you have turntables, graffiti and breakdancing. <laughs> That's right. That's so, right. You know, as a kid, I was I had a cardboard box in the garage and my brothers and I would be spinning on our heads pretending like we knew how to break dance. Mm. And then I'd head over to my friends and we would tear up needles on his mom's, you know, uh, <laughs> turntable. <laughs> yeah, we all tried to freestyle. Just nice. I, I would say uh, graffiti is the only thing that I was halfway good at. So 
Well, shit, man. I mean, definitely you're, you're an awesome artist, man. And um, let's kind of just bring up, um, I, do you, you want to do check your feed? Let's just bring up uh, some of these images and then uh, we can talk about some of these, Corbin. Sound good? Yeah, for sure. We have a fancy uh, sound effect for this. Okay. Check your feed. Check your, check feed. your feed. Check your feed. Check your feed. Check your feed. Bing! <laughs> oh, dude, don't cut the bell off. That bell's my fucking favorite part. Did I cut it off? No, you talk. That's why. Maybe it cut off in your... Uh... Well, first of all, I just want to show the audience a little bit about some of this guy's, uh, co like, his art skills, man. This is just like a, a sketch. Now, tell us a little bit about this. This is... Uh... Can you see this, Corbin? Yeah. I made this when I was deployed. I was out in East Africa, and whenever I had some downtime, I had a few different art projects going, and this was one uh, kind of a heavy stippling and line work project that was pretty meditative. So you so, filmed this too? Yeah, I just threw it on a tripod, and yeah, I make all my own videos as well as the art. <laughs> so this guy, smart just, man. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Hell yeah. Okay, I mean, like oh, you yeah, know, do you have one. time? Badass, man. When when you're like just like. You know, I imagine you guys like how's life in the military? I mean, you've been said you're in East Africa, you're in Italy. Like, what other countries have you been? And like, uh, you, you know, like, tell us a little bit about that your travels. I think to date, I'm coming up on sixty countries now. Wow! So, wow. dude, um, whoa! That's I just want to bring up. I just want to bring up another one of these uh, drawings. And uh, James, from what I've heard, you know, being over there deployed, it's a combination of sit around and wait, and then all of a sudden your life's in danger. Yeah, yeah a lot of people describe deployments that way. It's a lot of sitting around and then, uh, you know, a few moments of excitement sprinkled in between. Yeah, Moments I mean, of excitement. <laughs> I, now, let me ask you, man, are there like a Moments lot of, of possibly losing your fucking life. Okay, yeah. <laughs> is a type of excitement, I guess. You know, if you're uh, maybe uh, overpaced a little bit in, you know, uh, the adrenaline situation. You know, it's <laughs> um, I, I think I think I've had I've had more experiences outside of the military where I felt like I was gonna die than than in the military for sure. Really? Oh wow! Well, well, Dude, that's about, amazing. Let's hear about one Holy of those, shit. man. What do you mean? Oh, uh, oh man, I got a lot of stories. But for example, well. I'm, my active duty career as a, you know, in logistics, I don't work that realm anymore, was obviously very calm. I worked in a warehouse in Europe, so not very dangerous. <laughs> like I said, smart man, smart man. <laughs> yeah, right. I got back to the States. I went to the reserve and then I was waiting to start art school in Minneapolis. I was about 22 at the time. And I picked up a valet job just to bring in some side money and get situated back in the States. And I think yeah, within like a couple months of working that job, I'd been hit by a car. It was a hit and run. I was running across the street on the job. Dude, like, oh, went up and over his car, Mustang, um, blew a red light. I was wearing, you know, like, black ballet clothing. Very uh, dark. Yeah, he took off. Then I was working a Yo Gotti show, and a dude shot another dude in the face right in front of us. Fucking um, rap. Yeah, yeah, waiting to get in. Then we used to work at the nightclubs downtown. One night, gang started popping off um right in the valet zone again and then another night my car was part of a crime scene and i couldn't get to it because it was all taped off dude yeah, you've been through a lot in your life man and just let me just the valet zone is hot <laughs> yeah son of a bitch man jeez man i mean you know what to be honest that's one of the just for the audience i mean that's one of the reasons why i even got out of just completely got out of hip-hop man i'm just tired of like 
being at the club and then somebody gets into a fight and it's like hey man if you're like living that life it's just part of the culture man it's like it's kind of i mean i'm not trying to compare it to war or anything but it's like hey man there's just violence within the situation you, you know what i mean they're they're rapping about violence they're talking about violence and these things and there's violence happen. going on dude that kind of is war it's an internal war you're, i mean yeah, yeah it, it, exactly and um Man, that's crazy. You've been through quite a bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I would have never expected that you're a uh, you're a hip hop. Well, dude, you, you go into the military at age seventeen. You're you're gonna the the possibilities are there. Oh my god. Yeah, war is all around us. I think. Um, I mean, not to get on too dark of an outer off topic, but I think dude, suicide, we're all over the place. No worries. Veteran suicide is still by far like a lead killer of service members. Way more than. Uh, have you uh <clears throat> experienced that yourself with any of your um you know compatriots? Uh, yeah more more friends of friends i've been pretty blessed in the fact that i haven't had to deal with too much military death but it's um it's it's you know it plagues the community and it's something that a lot of people are working hard to you know try to bring meaning back into people's lives but i think a lot of it stems out of you know living uh, within such close community camaraderie or you know buzzword tribe and then to be separated from that and then to come back to the states and you know work some meaningless job somewhere you know with people that don't care about you and i think that takes you know a toll on people emotionally you're missing your community amen huh? to that time, my right? friend yeah. amen to that now um shoot man yeah, I, that's definitely something, uh, you, you know, we want to bring to light, man. And thank you for talking about that. We're, on this show, honestly, we've, we've talked about it. We're not afraid to talk about anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, uh, we just had a, a show not long ago where we we're uh, talking with Dave Navarro and Padilla. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's about uh, their new brand of uh, dual diagnosis, which is dealing with mental health. And, um, you know, they're, they're basically trying to find new ways of, of talking about this stuff so that it's not such a stigma, you know? Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, dude, we're not afraid to talk about anything here. Um, yeah. And uh, tell me, what uh, of all the countries that you, uh, that you spent time in when you, were, when you were overseas, when you were on duty and everything, um where would you say was the worst like the, the the place where you felt the least safe um i can't i can't drop names actually due to um some of the some of the military um sure stuff i guess um but it's an unstable country in africa that's um that's been, that's been close enough stable for a while um that was definitely a place where uh, you could just you could feel the darkness, and you were just um, just you know driving around. You you know you feared for your life. So, did what kind of training did you have to go through to be inside the logistics? Uh, I mean, did you have to actually like learn all the basic training? I mean, like what's the process in that? You go to boot camp and stuff. I guess that's yeah, a better so question. <laughs> yeah, um, that, that's a good question. So. I, um, yeah, everyone in the military goes to their branches uh, boot camp for the Air Force. Was eight weeks. I went back in two thousand two thousand nine. Uh, it's not not super, you know, difficult per se. It's, it it sucks. Where was yours? It's in Lackland. Uh, sorry, San Antonio, Texas. Ah, okay. How many yeah. weeks was it? Just curious. It, eight it's an eight week school. Okay. Did it? Do you feel like it prepared you for? the things that you had to deal with? I mean, <clears throat> or... uh, uh, 
uh, boot camps really just like a kick in the nuts where they where they <laughs> break you down yeah. basically, right? Yeah, but yeah, it, it ends with a, you know building you back up. Sure, of course. Under. Of course. Uh, it's it. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Service members go through, and it's usually a distant memory, just now, the start of your career, and you don't really go back to it often. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, because a lot of times us as uh, you know, just civilians, we just like know like you know pampered private spoiled entitled <laughs> kind of stuff Worst you know that what I mean? comes so. mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah i mean I, yeah, I don't i don't think back or reference much of boot camp in my no, life that's good we definitely i always wanted to know because it's taking like, it up to a lighter note of all these countries and places you've been to while you're on duty which one of those is your favorite place i'm a little bit biased but i'm a i'm a big fan of south africa my wife is south african ah and uh, we would like to own land and head back that way at some point in the future. What part of South Africa? She's, she, um, she's from Port Elizabeth. We lived in Cape Town together for a while. I've been a few other times on my own. Um, her family's in Johannesburg, and she, she'd moved around the country quite a bit. I think I can't pronounce all the names of everywhere she lived. but um, I bet you I can't either. <laughs> yeah, yeah she, she's here uh, working on green card status right now. Okay. My uh, favorite um, boogie boarder, uh, Ian Campbell, is uh, South African. Um, and uh, I, I would love to actually go there someday and, and visit it. And uh, they get some pretty good waves there as well. So, yeah, yeah the surfing um, is awesome. Yeah, you ever do any surfing? Yeah, I, I dabble. I, I would not uh, talk myself up and call myself a surfer, but uh, anytime I have the chance, I like to get out there and try. Nice. You're a water man. That's, you know, you get yeah. some of these guys, you know, they think they're cool and everything, you know, these surfers and they, they think that, you know, I, I'm actually a boogie boarder, so I get disrespected a lot by the, the surfers, you know. You're like, a roller a blader, you're like a rollerblader of the surfing world or? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And does it bother me? It did maybe a little bit when I was younger. I'm too old to give a fuck now. You know what I mean? Like I get out there and I'm like, yeah, come over near me. I dare you. <laughs> I dare you to, uh, you know, and I'm not rude. I don't get on waves and I'm very respectful of the lineup and everything and, and, and going and turning everything. But, you know, these one of these son of bitches try to get on my wave. I know how to take them out and I've got fins on. So I'll just grab their feet and go down under and drag them down underwater and I'm freaking the fuck out. Got some brass so, knuckles with the boogie board. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just something like that. <laughs> They're attached with a little string. Either, either, but anyways, <laughs> let me ask you, man, how did you become a military artist, though? I mean, like, is there just like a vacant position or like, a, you know, or the videographer or the cameraman, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, this you, gotta, you gotta have that in the military. You gotta have people to cover this type of stuff. Yeah, that, that leads to a good question. So after my active duty stint, four years, I went reserve, went back to Minneapolis, and that's where I retrained into the public affairs career field. And uh, I went off to military, um, it's called BINFOS, Defense Information School. So I took a six-month course on basically photojournalism. So it was a third photography, a third writing, and then a third uh, public affairs. Did the government pay for it? Uh, yeah, dealing with public. <clears throat> Now, for, no, I was just wondering if the, the government like pay, pays for this program yeah, because I, yeah, I want to make sure yeah, they take oh, care dude, of our Yeah, he's in the military. Veterans, government's you know I mean? taking yeah. care of everything. Sure. I'm, okay. I'm uh, curious. When you're taking the photography class, did um, <laughs> did did you do any old school type stuff? Were you in the dark room at all? Did you learn how to do? No, I of... wish. I really wish. 
it was, it's all digital. So, so, so uh, yeah, the, the Air Force typically, typically is working with uh, Nikon. So I have all Nikon gear at home. Issues. Nice. I'm part of, so I went public affairs and then uh, the combat camera squadron. It's a specialty unit out of Charleston. Started the reserve program back up shortly after I graduated. So I transferred over to Charleston as a combat cameraman. And that's where I serve now full time. Now, <clears throat> I was looking on your feed, man, and I see this really interesting. Uh, and I, I got to say, it, like really fits in the whole vibe for some reason for like uh, the whole coffee painting with coffee. You, you know what I mean? Stand yeah, thing. it's very cool. Like, let me just uh, share that with the audience. Just a picture of it. Real quick. How did you come up with that? that like. It was a during like uh, your military stint, you know what I mean? It's just like such an interesting uh, uh, medium to me, man. Yeah, so I was in uh, Africa again for this one. I, I spent about nine months there in 2019. And um, I took uh, our meals ready to eat, or MREs as they call them, you know, our, our bagged military meals. And I'd crack that open and I used the coffee, the dried coffee beans in there to uh, mix water and paint with it. That's, That's awesome, so cool. Man. That's awesome, man. I mean, was that just out of like, hey, I want to try a new medium, or was it just like, you're like, oh, I could paint with this? Yeah, dude, that's <laughs> just being an artist. Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. I'm just <laughs> a true just artist like... <laughs> can make art out of anything. You know what I mean? You can take like the best artist and with the worst materials, shitty, you know, paintbrush and some, you know, paints that are almost dried up and stuff, and he can give you a fucking masterpiece. You know what I mean? Or if you get someone who thinks that they're an artist and wants to be, and they get the best supplies and everything and, and the best paper and everything, and they, you know, the best lighting and all this other shit, and they can turn out to be a piece of shit. Now, how, a true how, artist can do it with anything. How many, like, military artists, I mean, are there in the military? Because this is, I mean, to me, it's like, you know, you don't hear about this very often, basically, for sure, right? Yeah, my, uh, my career is very unusual, and it would probably sound like a lie if, you know, you're just talking to a stranger on the street. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> so I'm uh, on paper. I'm still with Combat Camera Squadron. Uh, due to the COVID scenario, work has been a bit slow on the uh, operational front. So I've taken on another job with, uh, within the Air Force Reserve Headquarters. And I'm part of a very, very small team. It's called uh, Combat Art and Heritage. And we're in charge of the Air Force Reserve's um, base, yeah, paintings, which is a very small team. Like there's about three artists on the team right now. Interesting, man. That's yeah. awesome, man. So, okay. My so dad would be so proud if I did that. <laughs> I can tell you that. My dad was in uh, the military. He was in Air Force. Okay. And um, he was active for four years. And then uh, he was in civil service for okay. uh, about 38 years at Eglin Air Force Base. Okay. Um, so luckily he never pushed me into it. Um, he, they allowed me to go to art school. And okay. uh, actually at one point after art school, um, <laughs> I remember uh, he, he took me out to, to work and, uh, you know, showing me around the office. And he took me over to the art department, you know, and I was watching, looking at some of the artists and stuff. And I was like, oh, God, is this his subtle way of, Saying, hey, you know, now that you got that goddamn art degree, why don't you get the fuck in there and, you know, make some stuff. But uh, luckily, you know, they never pushed the, the military on me. Um, and, uh, yeah, luckily I could have been a lot, lot of 
few of my friends, you know, in the military and never saw them again. Um, but, uh, you know, I have all the respect in the world for the military. Man. Now, Corbin, when did you start doing uh, murals, man? Because, I mean, like, at some point in time, uh, you, you know, you just started doing – here. here's, you know, in NoHo, there's quite a few of your murals, man, and I love it because they all kind of involve – music and jazz and things like that man and i've seen them in person and they're absolutely amazing man so uh like you know how did you get into that obviously you know i got a quick question for him that piece that he just showed um i'm guessing what's that's about uh 16 18 feet tall or so um how did you uh did you use a ladder on that a lift or what did you use to paint that yeah i had a lift that was actually kind of a dream project um uh someone i was introduced to now a friend of mine he owned that whole building, the business, and he just happened to have a lift in there too. Oh, sweet. He had a nice budget. He paid me uh, very kindly and he said, go to town and make this place sexy and just an artist's dream. So I, I spent a lot, of, a lot of hours in there putting, putting a lot of stuff on the walls. And, and is the Frank Sinatra one also uh, the same building? Yep. Okay. Yeah, here's, I, think uh, it's, yeah. Yeah, I did over a dozen murals or inside and out. That's awesome. Love man. that one, man. Now, it's so cool because I, I love, like, I can see the, like, kind of like the graph, graph influence, man. But yeah, I love the way he incorporates the, uh, the, the bubble letters with the, uh, with the piece. Very yeah, cool. man. Super cool, man. This was at the end of the project. I'd been working there for a little while, and I had a lot of leftover paint, and I was moving to Atlanta uh, at the end of the month, so I just wanted to, you know, use as much paint as I could. <laughs> That's that awesome, man. Basically my kind of garbage wall where I just disposed of all my cans. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Beautiful that, garbage wall, my friend. That, uh, <laughs> that was a lot of aerosol basically too, right? Yeah, it was. That's awesome, man. It's, it, it must have felt nice to uh, uh, get back to some of your roots, man, right? Yeah. Hell yeah. So, I mean, okay, another thing about Corbin, man, he's like amazing photographer, man. I mean, I'm just looking at some of these shots, man um you, you know like this guy's got video unlock he's got painting unlock he's got tattoo unlock man he's got these amazing yeah, photos, no, I'm jealous, man. Man. I, mean, <laughs> I mean this is i guess this is uh, uh tell us a little bit about this picture man this is in west africa yeah so this is uh now a public mission at the time it was uh classified well i don't know if classified classified is not the right word i don't think but it was um uh yeah we weren't talking about it when we left there's some um uh, the, the region was very unstable and we were possibly going to have to come in and um, maybe save some people. So we had a response force sitting outside of the country waiting to go rescue a group of Americans. And that's what we were doing here is waiting for the call. Uh, we sat there for about a month and um, uh, fortunately everything uh, was safe and blew over fine and we never had to go in. So um, I got you know, a good month of some some fun photography and stuff but uh yeah djs yeah. are badass they're they're like one of the most badass uh people in the air force to me i mean yeah uh, i have a lot of respect for the air force uh pjs they're a good group of guys it's pair jumpers is pjs right yeah okay yeah they're Crazy. um yeah they're kind of typically well, i think that they serve a lot of purposes but primarily they're a rescue force so if yeah. there's a down pilot or um you know, someone critically wounded behind enemy lines or something, that would be a team that would, you to, yeah, jump in or go in, you know, and save them. So that they're, they have great medical training and just... Doesn't some, get much more badass than that, really, in yeah. my opinion. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, dude, I was just telling James earlier that, uh, you know, maybe when I was younger, I may have tried it, but I'm, I'm already too old to be jumping out of fucking airplanes, man. Mm -hmm. uh, when was the last time you jumped out of an airplane? So I, I've, I've never jumped. It's not uh, typical for Air, Air Force to be airborne. Okay. I see. I see. The, usually the Marines are basically, right? Um, the Army holds down most of airborne operations. Okay. And the only other people that would jump is going to be special warfare. Mm, I see. Like uh, those uh, special units or anything like that. Dude, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, your SEALs. Yeah. Uh, it's SEALs. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, man, I, I just, again, this, this one is absolutely amazing, man. I mean, this, this is like, to me, this is such a great photo because it's like, whenever we see the military, we see all the action shots, you know what I mean? And it's just like, this is a picture of a guy leaning on a truck, looking up into the sky. Is this photoshopped in there? Or is that the actual real sky? Just curious. Oh, that's the real sky. And it's actually wow. me in the photo. It's oh, a, it's you in the photo. Shit. <laughs> Nicely okay. done. Man. Better, Where man. is that? <clears throat> um, this is out in the Grand Barra Desert in Djibouti. Mm, okay. Djibouti. Where, where's Djibouti? I have no idea. We're it's really just north there. of Somalia. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. Crazy, Damn, man. Dude. Crazy, man. This is an absolutely amazing self photo, man. Kudos. It's like one of those moments where you think the, the military is all hell and, and everything, but there are moments where you can actually have some, you know, meditative and reflective moments. Yeah, I'd say there's more meditative <laughs> moments than there are scary <laughs> ones. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, That's good, man. man. Yeah, well, that's good. So, so uh, um, what was your first? Uh, tell us about some of your first tattoos, man, because you got a lot of them, dude. You know, teacher's got a lot of tattoos. I got, uh, you know, tattoo, man. I, I just want to be curious. Like, what was your? Do you remember? I mean, a lot of people don't remember the first one, or they choose to forget. You know. Oh, the first one that he got. Yeah. yeah. What was the first one that you got? Well, I'll, I'll start with the first one that I did. Teacher, okay. you'll like this one. Um, I had this friend living in the dorms in Korea down the hall from me and he said I don't he's I got my first machine and he's like I want to I want to be the first person you tattoo and I was like all right cool and I was like what do you want he's like I don't care do whatever you want and I was like I don't know what do you want he's like <laughs> I don't know and I was like where are you from he's like Florida and I was like well, let's do an F for Florida so I just tattooed a big F on his leg <laughs> Does he regret it or is he happy about it still? Just curious. I haven't talked to him in a while. It was hideous, though. <laughs> what did like, he say about it? I, he, you know, we're a bunch of like 18 year olds in military dorms. He probably loved it. Uh. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's awesome, man. So, yeah, you got a, quite a few tattoos, man. Obviously, it looks like you tattooed, you tattooed yourself. yourself? Yeah, you have. Yeah, I did. Um, everything oh. waist down on my legs. Nice, man. Nice. Hiya. Where's the most painful spot for you when, you, when you're tattooing? Uh, on my legs, the shin bone is sucks. Um, in general, the stomach was was not fun. Did the stomach? Yeah, most of my stomach's tattooed, and that that wasn't. I, I've never got had my my stomach is no, I haven't had had a tattoo, but I just, I've I've always thought that usually when you get close to bone or tendon, but the stomach, I never even thought about. The stomach hurting that much yeah it sucked I, my friend that did it he was a little rusty too he hadn't tattooed in a while and he also liked to talk so it was like a, just a long session oh god oh, <laughs> just, oh well, you know what here's another thing um will probably make a big difference too uh is if you have any fat on your on your <laughs> stomach do you have any fat on your stomach pretty slim see 
That's why it hurts so much. <laughs> yeah, I'm, have to I'm sorry, dude, I don't mean to laugh at you, but that is probably why it hurts so much because when you're close to the muscle like that, it's going to hurt a lot worse than if you got a nice layer of fat on there. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's something about the, the stomach's just kind of sensitive in general, I think. But So, Corbin, you have a lot of these, like, uh, uh, sketch notepad books, man. Y you know, like, um, do you just, what do you do with these, man? That was actually another military project from Africa. Okay. I, um, yeah, spent a lot of time traveling around the continent with a bunch of different teams and units. And this was just kind of my daily sketchbook. So they had different scriptures in them. I would, you know, cursive that in, and then I would just draw stuff that felt somewhat relevant. Sure. Do you still have, do you still hold on to these? I'm just curious. Yeah, I do. I have the whole book somewhere in the studio here. Mm, man, do I love, love to take a the look. The whole book, yeah. You man, should, yeah, so about maybe at some pages. point make a book out of it, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah, man. Definitely. Yeah, it's still, yeah, it's still a solid, uh, solid, we call it, it's called right in the rain, but it's pretty typical military notepad. It's all, it's like waterproof paper. You can write on it. Is there a military artist that you look up to, man? I mean, or uh, is this kind of, you're just kind of like um, going through it yourself, man. I'm just curious. Because, there, again, there's not too many guys like you, you know, but there, I'm sure there are in the past. Like, are you winging it or, uh, you, you know, are you following someone's footsteps or just man, curious? That's a good question. Um, I'm definitely, I would say, you know, standing on the backs of giants. There's, you know, so many people that have come before me and done awesome work. Um, to answer your question, as far as if there's like one particular person that I would say I'm following, not necessarily. I feel okay. like a little bit of um, in, in my own lane in that sense, just one because graffiti wasn't really a thing, you know, sure, World sure, War II sure. to look up to like a World War II graffiti artist isn't. Um, there's not many. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean the, the military is full of. Um, just awesome artists. The, uh, the photography world that I'm a part of in the military has had some awesome mentors, people that have just done beautiful work through the years, really capturing uh, just some of life's, you know, happiest and darkest moments, you know, all in one scene. So, Sure, man. Sure, man. I mean, again, you're, I feel like you're in a very special realm. And, uh, you know, it's coming up to the end of the show, man. And um, <clears throat> Yeah, that went, that flew by fast, man. I mean, this guy. We well, had a dude, lot I had a feeling. I mean, this guy. I mean, I'm sure he's got a million. A lot of experience points, man. And you know, I got I gotta ask, man. Um, you know, everything that's happened recently, man. I mean, uh, a lot. You know, you know, uh, people are calling these people patriots. People are calling these people ins uh, insurrectionists. You, you know what I mean? I would love to just. Uh, hear someone in your positions like just thoughts on it you don't have to like get into detail or anything like that but you know um, you can also take the fifth too and i'll have absolutely yeah we're okay with that too because you're currently serving and everything like that uh so yeah i mean anything you want to express we don't open up the platform for you man i mean yeah that's a it's a good question i feel like it's a little early um to go on record saying anything too concrete um well how did it make I, you feel though you know you know what i mean just like uh, the situation going on, I mean, inside. I, I mean, I think it's, you know, it's a long time coming. I, this wasn't a huge surprise to me if you just look at the state of the nation. Uh, I mean, I could see the writing on a wall for, for a while now. Um, but I mean, at the, for, from a military perspective, at the end of the day, you know, con the Constitution is, you know, what we're defending. So um, that's something I think most military members are, you know, holding to. 
Um, I think oh, as, as military members, I think it's easy for us to maybe get painted as the bad guys in this scenario sometimes. I think the public, the last thing we want is, you know, the people to be afraid of the military because the military, you know, we are citizens, we are the people, we're brothers and sisters, your neighbors. So, you know, we're all here to protect, you know, the constitution and that's what we, you know, swore to defend and die for, not a political party or anything. Sure, sure. Well said, my friend. Well said. I'll, I'll, I'll volunteer this. My dad, um, you know, is, uh, is a Republican um, for many years because he's military. That's just what you do. Um, and never, ever questioned. My dad was brought up not to question authority. Mm-hmm. And um, you just do what the president says and you don't question. Um, and he, uh, one of the other things he said was, you know, and you used to never know who the president was. You used to never know him. You'd never hear from him except for maybe one time um, every few months or so in a State of the Union address or something like that on TV. Would you ever see or hear from him? And now he can't believe that the, uh, the current administration is being allowed to stay in. He can't believe that uh, he's like, I can't understand that people don't understand that he lies. He lies so much. This is my dad who was like, you know, so, um, yeah, I just, I did, I've been, you know what? I used to be big time into doing political stuff with my, with my graffiti and just because it was almost therapeutic for me. And then I realized after a while that it was just, um, it was really causing more harm than good. You know what I mean? Cause the people that it was either I'm preaching to the choir or I'm just pissing people off. It was such a, a divide, you know? Okay. And so I decided, you know what? You know, I'm, I'm trying to teach peace. I'm trying to learn and teach peace. And so I'm gonna try to be more that and not do so much political shit. I'll do, I'll, you know, do stuff on, um, you know, case by case things like, you know, the, the pandemic or something like that. You know, I'm gonna address that. I'm gonna address someone if they're fucking up with that or whatever. But as far as trying to play politics, it's just, you know, I'm only going to make it worse and, and it's not going to really help any, any. And I also noticed that since I've stopped doing that, I haven't been as, as angry yeah. <laughs> as I was, you know what I mean? It was, it was, I think at some point, you know, it, 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 it was, it was, it served, it helped me some, but then like anything, you know, it, it just gets old after a while. And um, luckily I, through meditation, I, I was able to gain the awareness that, Hey, <laughs> you know, take all that energy and focus it on the positive and bring people to that, you know? Like so that. um, that's where I'm at now. But dude, thank you so well much. Said, Teach. Well said. Um, for, uh, for talking to that. We appreciate your opinion. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, to me, it's just, it's, it's really interesting because my parents, um, my, my, my dad's in the military too, but in a different country and they, we immigrated over here. And um, it's just so interesting because I feel like, you know, um, having military influence as you're in your family, whether it's from your father, whether it's from your brothers or sisters, you know, you know what I mean? It definitely, it, it just gives you a different point of view from a different group of people always. And, uh, you know, it's important always to kind of hear everybody out and, you know, understand what their concerns are. And, uh, you, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why I definitely wanted to have you on because you break so many stereotypes, man. And it's like, um, and we were just like, hey, it would be great to have somebody. It's just like, that's an artist. That's a, 
you know, that serves our country, man, that uh, ought to offer their perspective and showcase some True of True badass artists. <laughs> exactly, exactly, man. So, Corbin, I just want to thank you so much for coming on and, uh, you know, taking the mic and just uh, saying a few things, man. And uh, so how can, uh, you know, uh, our listeners find you? Um, what's your Instagram? Drop your Instagram socials, if you don't mind. Yeah, I'm on Instagram just as my full legal name, Corbin Lundborg, spelt a little unusual, uh, C-O-R-B-A-N, Lundborg, L-U-N-D-B-O-R-G. What, kind, then, of, what kind of last name is that? I mean, is that... Uh, Swedish. Swedish? Yeah. Interesting, man. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, your brothers, I'm just saying, do they have like, you know, like I said, Corbin Lumborg. That's a nice, strong <laughs> name. Do they, <laughs> they also have like a cool names like that, man? I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, their names are their names are a little unusual too. Okay, okay. Yeah, that, that's awesome, man. Yeah. But anyway, so what, 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 where's your website, man? Uh, my website is cold-studio. And then I have another one called Calm Collective. That's uh, Calm, C-A-L-M, Collective. And that's uh, my wife and I, we have a production company. We're looking to move into filmmaking and storytelling. So that's where you can find that content. Okay. I just brought brought it up right here. Um, You guys working on anything you want to- Calm-Collective. And then- Oh, okay. My my, my wife is a very uh, talented writer and actor. And um, we work together on, on that front. I'll have my wife check it out. My wife's a writer and, and director uh, and uh, always on the lookout for uh, her new talent. Man. Yeah, so, go, so go and check oh, wow, out the portfolio, awesome. we'll man. Look at the, the uh, website right now. And, uh, and check him out and uh, follow this guy on Instagram, man, because uh, he definitely Absolutely. has amazing thoughts, man. And uh, thank you so much, Corbin, for uh, giving your two cents and joining us on today's show, man. Anything else you want to uh, you know, plug, basically? No, not really. Um, just honored to be here. Thanks for having me. And always, you know, glad to share my story and help people along the way. So if anyone has questions, uh, please don't be a stranger. I'm uh, pretty responsive on those networks. Hell yeah, man. Awesome. It's an thank honor to have you, so you much, bro. Man. Yeah. Big honor. To the audience, thank you guys for hanging out with us. Love you guys. Take care and peace.